and and brought to you by a new energy drink sponsor, Dubby. Use that promo code, Bruiser Nation. All right, let's talk Monday Night Raw. 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 All right. An emotional Cody Rhodes prepared to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. We already talked about should it be Zayn or Rhodes, so we'll kind of forget about that. Um, to me, this promo cemented the fact that it's got to be Cody Rhodes. Um, somebody's got to end this ring at some point. That isn't even my bias against Mr. Reigns. It's just the fact that we're getting long in the tooth here. Um, so. With that, I'm going to need Mr. Napper, your thoughts, and I'm going to need McCarthy to turn on off his microphone. Talk to me, Napper. <sighs> thoughts on what? Cody? Yep. I, I agree with you. It's got to be Cody to beat him. I thought that was a great promo by Cody. And... I like the story that they're telling. I didn't know what the story was going to be, but I think that they picked a great core to center around. And I didn't even think of it whenever they, whenever you think Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, but they actually have something that they can attach to this story to make it more interesting. And it's the, the actual bloodline, the family aspect between two as he put it, royal families in the wrestling business. I like that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to tell. I think that's something that can make this interesting over the course of the next two two months or so. I I, I got to agree with you, Mr. McCarthy, my favorite minister. Uh, what's in you? I, I agree with you guys. I thought that promo was spot on. It brought up a lot of important things, and I ver- th- th- this is part of the stuff that I like about the Triple H regime. I, I don't think Cody would have been allowed to say some of the things that he said because Vince likes to keep WWE in its own little bubble. He was able to bring up basically his entire history regardless of where he was wrestling, which I think made the promo even better. And it does make me want to see Cody and Roman. No doubt in my mind. It's WWE Universe, damn it. I love the new hand sign, by the way. Just the... You mean the, the two sweet shout-out to his little throwback. Well, it was the two sweet and Bullet Club shout-out. It was both. Well, look, look, boy, look at, look at, look, look at that dummy. Anywho, uh, the Judgment Day then confronted Cody Rhodes, and then were attacked by Edge. We continue to get Edge and the Judgment Day and Beth Phoenix. Where are we going? And when are we getting there? Because I feel like we've done that a while. I'll start with you, Elimination Mr. Chamber. Napper. I think, it, I think it's Elimination Chamber, and I think we're getting uh, Beth and Edge and probably Bray versus Rhea, maybe Finn, and Dominic. So 
some rumors are that Edge is going to face Finn Balor inside Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. I'm okay with that. Mr. McCarthy, where are we going? I, I think that is where we're going, honestly. I mean, I think they're going to kind of put us into this feud at, at, at WrestleMania. There, there's going to be something in Elimination Chamber, some type of mixed tag match. you, you got to get Beth Phoenix involved. you got to keep Rhea involved as well. You can't just be like, all right, well, she won the Royal Rumble, so she's just going to hang out for two months. So I think it's very important that we at least get a mixed tag match out of this deal that, that leads us to Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania between Finn and Edge. Like it, that, it's very important for Rhea's story and to finish this Judgment Day Edge story to have some type of mixed tag match at the chamber and then, you know, like it should always be, finish the feud at WrestleMania once and for all. Yeah, I, you're not saying much I can disagree with on there, so let's uh, let's just move it right along. Seth Rollins defeated Chad Gable to qualify for the United States title elimination chamber match. Um, we, we started to get a, a callback to last year's WrestleMania in the commentary team beginning to wonder what was Seth Rollins' path to WrestleMania. Of course, we infamously remember that question last year led to Cody Rhodes' debut in WrestleMania. Uh, what is Seth Rollins' path this year at WrestleMania? I'll start with you. Uh, let me see. His path to WrestleMania. God, I just had it, too. I almost want to say it's Austin Theory. Just him, just those two one-on-one. I think that would be a fantastic match. Um... But the other option is Logan Paul. They seem to have some issues. I think if you're going to have Logan Paul at WrestleMania, I don't think there's a better opponent for him than Seth Rollins, especially right now. Because, I mean, as good as Logan Paul was as in the two matches he's had, he's got a lot to learn. He needs a ring general in there with him. Seth is that guy. I, I just think that might be the biggest call. It gives Seth a big-time matchup. Wh- whether we, as wrestling fans, want a celebrity YouTuber, amateur boxer, all of these things that Logan Paul is, if they're going to use him, they should use him properly. And I think the best way to do that is with Seth. It, it fits because you can turn Logan Paul now. Because no one's turning on Seth. Like, no one wants to see Logan Paul as a tough baby face. I think he'd be better as a heel. I mean, you kind of look at his stick and how he kind of does some promo work for his boxing matches and his YouTube pages. I think he fits better as a heel, and I think this would be a good way to transition him to that role. Because Seth was a heel and then made himself a baby face because he's too damn entertaining. And that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying. He's too entertaining to boo for too long. What say you, Mr. Never? I think it's got to be Paul. I think it's got to be Logan because they've already built the story. Um, And honestly, with Theory, they have been 
scratching and clawing way too much at the Cena match, which we all assume is probably going to happen. I know it's probably a little bit more plausible to happen than a Rock match. I think you're going to get Cena showing up at Mania. If, if, if Theory and Cena is not the end result, they have, they have dipped into the well of uh, ripping off the Attitude Era by mentioning Ruthless Aggression one too many times for it not to be paid off. So please, God, let that be the match. Uh, but I think with Seth, it's got to be Logan Paul. And it's for a lot of the reasons that Jason brought up. You're going to have Logan Paul be in the match. Seth is the guy that's going to make him look at bucks, even though, quite honestly, he's doing a hell of a job himself. Um, something we didn't touch on with the rain, with the Rumble match. What the hell was that clothesline? You mean, you mean, I mean when Ricochet and Logan Paul jumped at each other? I so what yes. I think they were doing, they were going for that, you know, that that dual cross body spot that you get when two guys are running back and forth. I think that's what they were going for. Just turning your It looked better than that though. Ball, if you do that spot right, it looks devastating. But both guys have to be on their game and they have to turn just right. And it looks devastating. I like oh, the way that it did. I have no I love the no way complaints, but I think it would have been way too difficult, yeah. but awesome to do the crossbody spot. That was their idea in doing it, whether they just said, we can't do that, let's just do clotheslines, or they both made the call in the air, like both of their eyes got real big probably, and they both said, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work, and switched to a clothesline. I I don't know, but it's very reminiscent of that spot, and I think that at least for a callback to people doing those spots, because we don't see that a lot anymore. So I think that's what that was. No. Uh, I thought it was cool. Oh, yeah, it was cool but, as shit. It was I did too. I really badass, did. man. Ending, but, ending with Logan Paul and Seth, uh, I just think that's the right match to do, to be honest. Um, I think they already did turn turn Logan, honestly, because the way he was acting at the Rumble was heelish. And honestly, if you look at the promo that Seth gave, it did kind of feel babyface-esque. Like maybe he hasn't turned completely, but I, I thought his tone and his mannerisms were a little bit more on the babyface side than his usual heel side. Like, yeah, he's going to have the cackle on the lap, which I don't think he should get rid of. Like, yeah, maybe it sounds a little heelish, but that's just his personality. I, I can live with that being his thing. Um, but it, I didn't feel like he was really a heel. On Monday, so I think they've already kind of turned them already. It should be a fun story. Those two on the mic, I think, could make for a very compelling storyline. I don't know what the story is, but I feel like those two guys, Logan Paul, has no problem talking. That's that's the first thing, and obviously Seth doesn't either. I, I think they can tell a very magical story that no matter what, I know people aren't the biggest fan of celebrities being in these types of matches, but I think that, you know, we've said this a couple of times, Logan Paul and his matches, you will be pleasantly surprised just how good of a story they're going to tell. Well, and I'll be honest, that's why I'm not like 
oh my God, celebrities anymore. Because they're getting celebrities that appreciate the business and put in the damn work. That's what matters. Is it ideal to see Logan Paul three, four times a year on a major pay-per-view? Not particularly, and that's not why I'm watching wrestling. But at least he takes it seriously and is training. That's what matters. We don't have these celebrities coming in for a paycheck to do nothing. We have celebrities coming in to a business that they grew up watching and still appreciate and value and see the value in the sport of pro wrestling. That I think that's the difference. That's why I'm not like, oh my God, I'm tired of celebrities because ugh, it was bad back in the day. Real bad. I do want to know what injury he actually had though because there's no way he had an ACL in his back already. No, probably not. He probably just tweaked something and they said ACL. Then he probably had other things going on too. So it just made it easier to say ACL probably. and then he's going to go do this other stuff. Like, okay, you had an ACL tear in your back in two months. Uh-huh. Well, that's wrestling. <laughs> it's all the work anyway. The it's only time the I believe that nonsense is when it's John Cena because he's the damn prototype. Right. <laughs> the man never sweats. I think uh, I yeah. saw him sweat when he wrestled Chris Benoit. It's crazy. Eos I didn't see Gunther sweat. That scared me. That he was not like dripping sweat on Saturday. It's a long time. Me- meanwhile, Seamus could have Seamus could have flooded a river. It's all about the hydration, boys. It's actually a genetic thing about how much you sweat and how much you don't. Oh, for God's sake, stop it. E- Eos, guys, Candice LeRae. McCarthy, do you have any thought on this match? I mean, it was there. I'm a huge fan. Like, I, I just don't even know anymore. Like, I get that she's trying to get this poison pixie thing over. It's not doing anything for her. It's definitely an NXT gimmick. It's It's not working on the main roster. And, like, I feel like EO Sky, as great as she is, and I'm not, I don't want to say break up damage control, so to speak, but I feel like I liked EO Sky better on her own. EO Shirai. Yep. Any thoughts, Mr. Naver? I'm in the same boat. Did you just um, correct me on her last name when it says EO Sky on my rundown? He did. No, I no, I meant that's oh, when I hear better. I was like, damn, bro, you're going for the throat today. <laughs> that's all right. Anytime anyone wants to believe me, I'm in no I'm in no uh I'm in no room to talk. It took me six months to learn how to say Rashida. So it was, it was Hikaru. It was it was haiku. Look, it was tough honest, for me, Jason man. Roberts did not help, or Justin Roberts did not help with that a lot because he says it like three different ways when he announces her. It's all about what type of match it is. If it's a huge ass match, he goes Hikaru, and it's all weird. And it's a normal match. He's like Hikaru Shida. So I blame him. He's a great dude, great commentator. I've never met him, but um, yeah, I'm 
going to say that it's his fault that you couldn't say your name right for six months. So that, it's but yeah, my point is, is, I mean, no room to talk about how everyone, but man, I was, I was mucking that up. Uh, all right. Rhea Ripley declared she'll challenge the Smackdown World Champion Turtle for WrestleMania. I, I got to tell you, I liked it. We got right to it. I hate the will they, won't they, you know, who they're going to challenge thing. I think that's annoying as hell. Takes away from the build. Uh, like, you damn well already know, or and if you don't already know, then someone not, shouldn't be booking this properly. Uh, uh, we touched on it earlier a little bit, but McCarthy, I'll start with you here. Number one, do you agree with me that you like that they got right to it, at least with Rhea? And uh, and number two, is Rhea going to dethrone Charlotte Flair? Will this be one of the quicker Charlotte Flair First, I think that going early and announcing your intentions the night after the Royal Rumble is the way to go. Instead of, like you said, the will they, won't they, who would they challenge, blah, 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 that takes a month and a half. When you could just say, okay, I challenge you, and now we're going to build this WrestleMania match the way it should be built. Instead of, oh, it's three weeks to WrestleMania. I still haven't decided. Like, that makes no sense. Like Logan said, in real life, you know who you want. And it makes perfect sense that Rhea Ripley would pick Charlotte because Charlotte beat her at WrestleMania. And I think she takes it. I think she takes Absolutely. it. Absolutely. She's beating Charlotte Flair. I, th- I think this is the reason why Charlotte Flair beat Ronda Rousey and the only reason why. Well, other than that, Ronda doesn't seem to have the same passion she did when she showed up. But the, the, a, a secondary or primary reason, because you know damn well Rhea and Charlotte will tear the da- house down. And it's a good-ass story. So why not go with it? And and they'll get to tear the house down with a crowd. Yeah. Remember, they faced each other during the the performance center of WrestleMania. Uh, not that it was a bad match, but but it's just we have to kind of separate the COVID era from everything. Mister um, Napper, what say you? Do you like that Rhea got right to it? Do you think Rhea is Charlotte? This is not an official prediction. We'll get you know we'll we'll get our WrestleMania predictions here in a few months, but. But right now, where are you leaning? I'm glad they got right down to it. Um, and I think that this was the only choice. I understand that people wanted to see Charlotte and Bianca, but I honestly, I don't know what the story is there. There's a legitimate story here. And it's been told for the last three years. Um, and it starts with that meeting you brought up. That match did not get to be in front of fans, and it's a criminal injustice that it didn't because it was, quite honestly, probably the match of that mania. And that mania had some really great matches on it, but that was the match of the entire weekend. And now to get it again at this year's WrestleMania, I think, is so incredible. And that's why I said they're going to tear the house down. They're going to put on a hell of a match. And I'm so looking forward to it. I hope that this is either the the starting match or the ending match of either night. It has to go on first, or it has to go on last on Saturday. It obviously won't go on Saturday. I think you put it last on Hmm? Saturday. Last on Saturday. The the best option because you know Roman and Cody are going last on Saturday. I think so too. Right. Yeah. That's why I said first or last. It's either going to go first night one or go first night two, or maybe it doesn't go last on night one. 
which that's where I would put it to. I think if Austin Theory and Cena uh, wrestle, they need to go on first one of the nights because that's going to get the crowd so into it. I'm okay with that. Cool. Um, I I just think this is the story to tell, though. Uh, that that's really all I I got. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. I, I, I was, as soon as she won the Rumble, I was like, it's got to be Charlotte. It has to be. Because of the fact that that match, and that was the only reason, was because that match didn't get in front of fans. And I think that they deserve the right to do that. And, you know, people are like, oh, they had a few three years ago. It's like, not really. Because if you look at the matches that they had, they had like three matches for a title in this three-year span. That was one on one. Every other time that they had a match for a title, it was a triple threat match, or or more triple threat or fatal four way. They haven't had very many one on one moments, and so now we get that match again. And I I agree with McCarthy. I think Rhea's going to win. You know, just to to piggyback off that, like if people are complaining that they had a feud already, so what? It's pro wrestling. It makes, as long as it's not a feud that goes on for three years, unless your name is Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon, and that went on for like 15, you need to have repeat feuds after a certain amount of time because of exactly what you said. It makes it mean so much more because of that little word called history. History between the opponents. I mean, think about it. Did WrestleMania 12 even though it was Sean and Brett in an Iron Man match, been as good if they didn't have history. Rock and Austin. History made that last WrestleMania match. Triple H and The Rock. Like You can go down the list. Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. Chris Jericho and Eddie Guerrero. Chris Jericho and Rey Mysterio. Um, Randy and Batista. Randy and Triple H. Randy and Cody, I mean, we can just keep, we could do this for three hours of how important that, that the history yep. is, but, even though it's a predetermined sport, that history still matters. Well, even in 2016, when Goldberg finally came back, it was based on that yes, history of Brock Lesnar. Exactly. Like history yeah. matters. Sure. They feuded before, but why wouldn't we want to see it? Because, because at, at the end of the day, take it all, take everything else I said, out of the equation. Three years later, they're still both in the same company, which means they have gotten better over these last three years because you don't stay in that same spot in pro wrestling if you're not getting better and better and better because there's always room for improvement. I don't care if you're a jobber or the champion. There's always room for improvement. And these two women have shown that when it's time to improve, switch it up and do something a little different and tweak this here and tweak this there. It matters. It's those little things that we talked about earlier. It's the little things that really make things pop, if you will. The This match, everybody who's healthy, has the complete potential to steal the show. Looking forward to this one. I don't know how it's going to go. I got to I got to wait and see, and then I'll make my, my prediction. Uh, I lean towards Rhea at this moment, but I can make an argument for for both. All right, moving on. Johnny Gargano defeated Baron Corbin to qualify for the 
United States Elimination Chamber match. Uh, I like the Riddle qualifiers. I think I think you should have to qualify. I don't like what's going on with Daniel Cormier right now. I thought we were starting off something good with the JBL thing that we're going that was going to pay off, and now he's kind of back, back in the same spot, just with JBL. Um, number one, do you like the qualifiers, McCarthy? Number two, what's going on with Daniel Cormier? Uh, I think the qualifiers are very important. It's it's and it should be that way for a lot of things. I think the only one that you shouldn't have at least a couple qualifying matches for is probably the Rumble, because I mean you'd have to start qualifying matches in November. But the, the chamber, the money in the banks. I maybe I could do that one year. That, that, and if it works, it works. Maybe they should try it next year. See how it goes. It, Just to try something different. You know, we've seen forty-five I mean, different ways of doing it. Oh, I'm in the rumble, so it's not like a big deal anymore. So yeah, maybe they could try it with the rumble and see how it goes. What's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work, and they never do it again. But I mean, all right. All right. What's going on? What's going? On? What? What's? What say you with Baron Corbin right now? He's still with JBL. We thought we were seeing something really cool there, but then he's kind of taking this. I feel like this is the Triple H version of Vince McMahon. And what I mean by this is kind of 50-50 booking. Thought we were setting up for something, and now we're not. I what's think up? They're stuck in the um, Happy Corbin trap. Because, like, like I said last week, I thought that whole poker thing was hilarious, but like, it's too Happy Corbin now. I think that's a part of it. I don't know what is going on right now. Because, quite frankly, he has the look. He has the talent. I don't know why he's not getting the not 50-50 booking. I mean, unless, you know, there's nothing. There's nothing. The dude has love handles. Who cares? Like, that's the only weakness in his game. That's not even a weakness. It happens. Chris Jericho has love handles. It happens. It's why I, I'm at a loss because you have somebody of the caliber of JBL with this guy. As much as I love MVP, JBL did way more in this business than MVP did. Look where MVP is right now. But JBL should be pushing Corbin to that next level. Like, he's not even, yeah, he got a shot to be in the Elimination Chamber. Who really thought he was going to win it? That's the problem with his booking right now. It was like, look, you got the smallest guy on the roster coming out to wrestle Baron Corbin. We love an underdog. I mean, other than Rey Mysterio as far as smallest guy on the roster. But it's like, oh, Gargano's going to win. What say you, Napper? Any thoughts on what's going on with Corbin? Feels like 50-50 booking. Um... So, I, I've heard... Corbin actually do a couple of different podcasts lately. At, at least by his own words, they're still figuring out the character and they're still trying to figure out where it's going to go. I don't think they have a full idea of where they want this to go yet. And so to the damn moon, to where it ought to go. But they don't know how they're going to do that. And so oh, I think they're just kind of biding their time until they can figure out a point where they can take this and take it to the moon. All right. I'll have to live with it. It's not worth it. What if they did? What if they added in, um, oh God, what's his name? Farouk. Farouk. Cameron Grimes. What if they just made... Add Farouk. Huh? 
Just, just do <laughs> That's it. That's fine. I'm in. Add Farouk. Add Cameron Grimes. Make it a corporate. Make it the I mean, corporation honestly, again. Where I thought this was going in the first place. Like I didn't think JBL was going to stop at Corbin. I mean, most rich dude characters that start grabbing people don't stop at one guy. I mean, even Ted DiBiase had two. He had Virgil right. and IRS. Oh yeah, and occasionally Andre. Like that, and so I guess that's where I thought this was going to go. There was going to be another stable, which isn't a terrible thing. AEW doesn't really need anymore, but WWE doesn't have that many. So it wouldn't have been the end of the world. But I don't I don't think that's where they're going. We'll see what happens. I'm trying to keep the faith. Uh, Bobby Lashley attacked Austin Theory on VIP Lounge. Uh, Austin Theory pulled MVP in front of him and ended up being a spirit MVP. I thought this was a pretty good segment. It, it was a nice blend between I don't work for MVP anymore, obviously, case, but they're still kind of close. Uh, and I think it adds a new twist and development to Bobby MVP dynamic. And I thought it was a good, uh, it was another good promo by, by Fury. He has continuously improved and came to his own since the Vince McMahon vignettes and the whole nine. Um, I, I I thought this did what he needed to do. The only thing, if I had to pick anything, it would be Lashley's not the next United States champion because it's obvious we're, we're getting Lashley and Lesnar at WrestleMania, I presume, unless they're doing it at Chamber, but I don't think so. Um, thoughts on this segment, Mr. McCarthy? This segment was a good piece of business, man. I think everything flowed very well. Uh, Austin Theory and MVP threw some jabs at each other. I thought it was really well done, and I'll be honest, that spear spot could have looked terrible. I mean, there was every opportunity for the timing to be off and everything else, and it wasn't. That was a great spot. Sometimes those pull-in-the-way spots look a little clunky. There was nothing but smooth with that spot, and I gotta give credit to the three guys involved in the spot for that. No one else could have done it for them to make it that smooth. They had to do it, and they pulled it off. It was fantastic. But I think this is the catalyst for, like, I, I know they've been teasing it, but I think last night that spear is the catalyst for the Hurt Business to reform because you can look at it like this. Like you said, they're still friends, just not business associates right now. If they were business associates, would they have had that slight bit of miscommunication to where MVP ended up getting speared? Yes, Austin Theory pulled him in the way, but if MVP and Lashley were hanging out all the time and were business associates, I don't think MVP would have gotten his face like that. Like He would have thought twice about it kind of a thing. Maybe we need more communication is going to be the catalyst for Bobby Lashley and MVP to really be business associates again and expand the Hurt Business to what it really can be because it was on a roll there for a while before they split it up. It really was. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, I thought Vince kind of cut the knees out of it. And so I, I think uh, under this regime, again, it's tough to know in terms of how long this regime is going to be this regime, because you have a madman that's in the back. Uh, I don't know. Love the whole company. I mean, honestly, I think, I think uh, um, that 
Triple H has done a great job with Lashley. Like he was already up at the top. Vince Vince loves Bobby Lashley. But I know when Triple H came in, a lot of the IWC and maybe a couple people on these de- sitting at these desks today were worried about the Vince McMahon chosen ones, for lack of a better term, to kind of fall who could you be kind of fall on the wayside, but yet Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley are two of the biggest stars right now. So I want to hand a good good on Triple H for, for seeing things that Vince did that works and not changing it just because he's in charge. I don't think a lot of bookers have that foresight when they would take over because they want their fingerprints all over everything. And I don't think Triple H gives a shit. As long as his shows are good, ratings are good, pay-per-view buys are good, attendance is good, he doesn't give a shit. Who, who's, he doesn't care whose idea it was. Yep. He doesn't care if it started the storyline. He just wants good television. And I love him for it. You know what? I can't, I can't kick on that. So I can't, can't, I can't disagree with that. Any nabbering thoughts here? No, I, I, I agree pretty much. Um, I think they've done, they've gone about it the right way. And I, I agree with Bob, I agree with Jason about Bobby. Like for, for the first couple of months, I wondered if he would be lost in the shuffle and stay there. Or if he would be boosted up, but I, I do. I give Triple H credit. We were kind of concerned with both McIntyre and Bobby, and they've maybe they haven't been in the complete spotlight, but they haven't been completely dropped off the face of the earth either. But it's also a, like a good thing that they're not always in the spotlight. You got to give people a, a chance to be in it to see if you, they can make it. I mean, because that's how you make stars. Sometimes it doesn't work. Some guys just can't, for whatever reason, it's either too early or they just weren't ready at the time or what have you. But I, I think it's very important that they shuffle the deck every so often. Because, I mean, Brock Lesnar's always entertaining, but I feel like he's so much more entertaining when he's not the champion because he just does what he wants. He seems so much more angry when he's not the champion. He just shows up out of the blue, kicks the shit out of people, and calls it a day. Now, does he do that as the champion? Sure, but it's always scheduled matches when he does it and shit like that. So I think it's very important to shuffle the deck, if you will, and throw some people at the top and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, you got your old faithfuls right there, like they did with Rousey and Charlotte. Got old faithful Charlotte over here. This Rousey shit ain't working. Let's put the title on Charlotte. There's As long as you're doing that and cr- keeping the big stars big and having them in important feuds, you can always go back. It's not a big deal. I'm sure IWC will freak out if you go back to somebody else because one of their favorites won the title. But if it's not working, what are you going to do? I think you make a good, uh, a good point, uh, McCarthy. All right. Uh, Rick Boone's return on Monday Night Raw. And he defeated The Miz. Miz was wearing a suit. He made that very clear throughout the entire show. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, I'll start with you on this one as uh, as as Napper checks uh, the dirt sheets. 
And I'll start with you. And what's a you on Rick Boog's return? I think it's great that he's back. I totally forgot that he got hurt at WrestleMania last year. I, mean, I knew he got hurt, but I couldn't remember where. So uh, thank you for the production team for reminding us of that because that's kind of a big deal. Like, wrestle, like the Rumble was way too packed to have him like debut. I think it's smarter, especially when you have a type of the injury that he had, to just wait a day and have him have a quick squash with the Miz, make sure everything's all right, make sure he doesn't tweet something in a dumbass way. I think it worked perfect and also gives them both something to do Going into WrestleMania season, that's a that's gonna be a really good mid card feud if they have it at WrestleMania. Really good because the Miz is overlooked by a lot of wrestling fans. I, I don't think he's gonna get the appreciation from the majority of wrestling fans until he's done. Kind of like the Honky Tonk Man, you're so lost in his character that you hate so much that you kind of forget how good he is. Until he's done and gone, you're like, damn, I kind of miss him. What the hell? <laughs> uh, I agree. Uh, Mr. Napper, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I, agree with, um, I agree with Jason. I think that they did a, a very good service to Boogs by having him not come back at the Rumble. And again, it kind of goes back to what we said about the Rumble. It felt like every single person that came back had a purpose. If you throw Boogs in there, it just kind of, you almost make it look kind of silly, for him at least. Because you know he's going to probably get eliminated, and he's in there just to kind of be there. This Putting him in this situation make him feel, made him feel like he had a purpose. And was an organic way to get him over. Or to get him back over, because he was already over before he got injured. This is a good way to build him back up again. And I, I agree. If they throw him with Miz, not only is that going to be a good mid card feud, it will put Rick Boogs to the moon, depending on how they go about it. Which I would assume would probably have him win. Um, if I'm fantasy booking it, but. Either way, if it's not going to be the feud, if they're just doing this as kind of a, not a one-off, but just a short feud to get Boog somewhere, they couldn't have picked a better guy to get him over. There, there's uh, out of the people that aren't doing something. There's no one better. Than, well, we than the we talked about it. The way on the show before about how go ahead. Like, this happens to the Miz a lot. They trust him so much. How many times has a returning superstar had a feud with the Miz in the past year and a half? Right. That's important. People don't realize that either, how important that is to have somebody that can just go and have a good program with anybody and bring back the mystique they had before they got hurt. And I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, you're good. I completely agree. Is everybody okay skipping to the main event? Because uh, we we got time to time to burn here. Sure. Yeah. Everybody alright with that? Uh, Becky Lynch did agree that they're going to do the steel cage match next week. Obviously, that that promo is making headlines because of the Becky Lynch burn on Seth Rollins. We'll uh, we'll discuss that that match next week. Lots of redefeated Dolph Ziggler. 
Uh, always want to see more from Dolph Ziggler. Disappointed kind of where he is on the card at this point, but not surprising given how long he's been in the company and his age. Carmella got grossed out by Oscar. That's right. Carmella's back and Oscar's a zombie clown now. And now Cody Rhodes defeats Finn Balor in the main event. Fuck this one. Hey, banger. Uh, the fact that it hadn't happened before in one on one set is pretty, pretty surprising given how many times they've crossed paths. Um, I thought Finn did a good job in his pre match promo, going over some of the history between Cody and Finn and just how closely kind of tied they've always kind of been. So, any thoughts on this main event before we uh, get to AEW? Mr. McCarthy, I'll start with you. It's kind of everything I expected from those two. It is weird that they've never, like, wrestled before, really, like, extendedly, but, I mean, Spanger, man. Exactly what you expect from Cody Rhodes and Finn Balor. And I think it was a really good decision to have his Cody's first full match back against somebody with the caliber of Finn Balor. Uh, I don't dis- I don't disagree at all. Thought again, thought it was a, a fantastic match, uh, one of the better main events overall in, in some time. Uh, Mr. Napper, thoughts on this main event? I was so glad that they picked Finn and not Dominic because I felt like that would have overshadowed Dominic so drastically. So I was very excited to see that they picked Finn. Plus, there's a story there, like like Garby said, and they alluded to it in that opening promo when they first had each other at the beginning of the show. Uh, but I, I was so glad that they did not just end up throwing Dominic to the wolves because I feel like that would have been a very big disservice, not only to Dominic, but to Cody. Your first real match back, and you're putting him in the ring with Dominic. Like like McCarthy said, if you want to have somebody be your first match back, your first official match back, it's good to have it be Finn and be somebody you know you can put in there and have a really good first match back. I completely agree. All right, so now it's time to talk a little AEW Dynamite. So with that, let's get going. Chris Jericho... And Sammy Guevara defeated Action Andretti and Ricky Starks. Um, I thought this was okay. Nothing special. I thought the right guys won because, again, it gets to the point where Jericho can't lose at a constant or else what the hell's the point of beating him? Uh, Mr. McCarthy, I mean, I what are you talking business better than what I expected. Like, I know they're, they're all talented as hell, but you don't know how all these guys are going to mesh together because, yeah, Jericho and Guevara have wrestled Starks. Jericho's wrestled Andretti once. How many times has Guevara wrestled Andretti? Probably not a lot. How many times have Stark and Andretti tagged? Probably not a lot. And yes, it's predetermined, and you can talk about stuff, but that shit don't matter when you go out in the lights because um, memory is fickle, and it's real easy to forget a spot. It's real easy, especially for someone as unseasoned as Action Andretti. Nothing against him. He's fantastic. But in that spot, to remember everything you're supposed to do, pretty impressive. I mean, when you're just doing a one-on-one match with Chris Jericho, that's almost a day off. Let's just be honest. If Jericho is on his game that night, that's a fucking night off for you. You don't have to do anything. You just have to follow along, paint by numbers, if you will. Tag matches are a different animal. I thought they did a really good job. If you will, baby. If you will. 
Uh, did you get a chance to watch Dynamite this week, Amber? I did, but I did. I not everything. That's all right. Uh, let's move it along. To Darby Allen defeated Buddy Matthews. Um, Sting. Uh, Sting got into a brawl there. It's always good to see Sting get full. Then at the end, uh, so, Mojo confronted R.B. Allen. I'll start this one. I thought it was great to see Buddy Matthews back in a single setting and see what he can do. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. We're not getting enough of that right now because he's very he's he's kind of fallen by the wayside. He he continues to show why in a lot of ways he's criminally underrated. So th- I thought that was great. This did what it needed to do. You knew he was going to win, but I thought it, it gave Buddy Matthews a nice single showing. I don't know what we're doing with Sting and Darby and the uh, House of Black. Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't they already face each other? Like, are we just building to another match at, at Revolution? Uh, what say you, McCarthy, and then getting your thoughts on Samoa Joe uh, declaring the feud with Darby? Over? I thought this was a banger. I mean, we've all seen it. We all know how good Buddy Matthews is. We know how good Darby is. But Logan, you hit you hit the nail on the head, man. Yeah, is it great? I'd I'd like him in the House of Black. He fits. But this is like maybe the second singles match he's had since he joined the company. Maybe. I mean, he's been there for a while, so I'm not gonna remember fully. But I don't. I can't recall Buddy Matthews being in a whole lot of singles matches. This is good for him. Gets him not takes him out of the shadow of Malachi Black and Brody King. Those guys are great, and so was Buddy. But when you have three guys that good, you're gonna look at the giant and the crazy guy first, and the third guy almost becomes a third wheel sometimes. And it's happened to Buddy before in the WWE, where he ended up being a third wheel in a in a stable. So I'm glad he got out here to not only wrestle Darby Allen, but get a damn title shot and remind the world just how damn good he is. I don't know. I can't remember if they... I think they feuded a little bit. I don't remember. And maybe they do a one-off at Revolution. Maybe they... I don't know. I don't know where that's going. Because you got Samoa Joe right behind Darby. Like, how many feuds can Darby be in at one time? I know he's like a damn crash test dummy and gets up from everything, but it's a little different than multiple feuds at once. Spock, he's got a, um, you know, he's got a kind of curious thing because he wants to work with him and, and do tags with him and he's kind of got to do his own thing. Uh, Napper, what did you get a chance to look at this? And if so, what are your thoughts? I did. I, I agree with, with, McCarthy, it was a really good match, but at the same time, I agree with you. Where it's like, what are we still doing? Um, but I, I, I cannot disagree with the idea about Buddy Matthews and actually finally giving him a shot to show why they brought him in the first place because he really is just that damn good. Um, so glad he got a chance to showcase that. I don't know where we're going after this, but maybe we'll find out. In three oh, damn. Years. There's that code again. Don't forget to go to W.com and use code BRUISERNATION. That's B R U Z E R N A T I O N for 10% off of your order. 
like the second time he's done that after I've been done talking. What the heck, It just man? popped in my head. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. At least you were done talking this time. I didn't interrupt you like the last, what, three minutes ago? Yeah. Jeez. Such a jerk. Like you want to almost. Boy, we all need to get together and have some dubbing. All right. Jungle Hook defeated uh, Matt Hardy and, and and Paige. Uh, why is why why is Jungle Hook back in another tag team? Explain this one to me, McCarthy. You're the Tony Khan whisperer. I think this is crappy. I think it's because Tony loves tag teams too much. Like there, there's a love there's great amount of respect for tag team wrestling in AEW, which is very important. But this is the third tag team he's been in now, technically. So, like, what are we doing? I I, I really thought that that feud with Flutosaurus was going to take Jungle Boy up to that next level. But this might just be a one-off, too, so I don't want to be like... Oh my god, I can't believe he put Jungle Boy in another tag team. Now, if they do a match again together, then it's like, okay, what are you doing? They kind of hit the crossroads together as far as feuding with Ethan Page. But I think it's time to move on because I don't think Hook or Jungle Boy need to be in a tag team match. And if anyone thinks that Hook needs to be in a tag team, it definitely can't be with Jungle Boy because he's still not there on the mic skills. He is getting better. From this time last year, he's miles ahead from where he was. The nervousness is gone, but he's still not there. Hook doesn't talk much. You can't put him with a guy that hasn't figured out his promo style yet because he doesn't talk at all. It just doesn't make sense. A one-off sure. But if we keep going with this, it's going to be a problem. I think this is why, like, yeah, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus got over organically. But who did they have with them when they got over like that? Christian. They had a talker. I don't know. There's a guy that works for AEW. Oh, Hook's father. We could try that. He's yeah, a great we could talker. Try that. We very much could. I uh, No, I agree I'm with just you. Saying. I, I did, I'd be fine with that. I love tag. Uh, the the acclaimed the guns and Billy Gunn got together for some some family therapy. This was right out of the Vince McMahon playbook of horrible horrible ideas. This was painful. It felt like it had no point. Nothing even got resolved. We didn't, didn't like. I, 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 this, in my view, was a waste of airtime. You literally wasted airtime. In my, Mr. Napper, did you see this um, cluster fudge nugget Mom. of a segment? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I did. And I actually have to say, I agree. Uh, I'll give them credit. It's one of those things where. You think maybe it's got potential to be something entertaining? I know all three of us were kind of harkening back to the Daniel Bryan and Kane situation and 
how it could be that and had the potential to be that if they did it right. I don't know. Doesn't that kind of feels like they missed the mark a little bit on it, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm slowly I like the acclaimed. I still like the acclaimed, but I, I feel like it's starting to lose its luster a little bit. Put the tag titles on Jared Lethal. I mean, I'm here for honest, it. I agree with you guys. Uh, this was a waste of time. I, I don't think the idea was bad. It was the execution. I mean, get freaking serious. The right, guns I agree. are right. This is like Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels years ago where the heels are telling the truth. They're right. You're our dad, and you chose them? over us and the way the acclaimed responded was like fucking heels man what do you do what are you doing did no one produce this segment did no one talk about where they were going to go with this because i thought that was egregious as hell they made valid points why are you running with them you chose them over your blood and then the acclaimed insults them, say they're what, holier than thou or whatever words they said. And I love the acclaimed. I do. They're great. But, like, you got to think about that for a sec. You're baby faces. Why are you coming at them like this? It makes no sense. You cannot like them. But you're coming at them like you're a heel and they're the baby face. That's backwards to hell. And I'm sorry. Those four don't have the ability to pull that kind of shit off like Chris and Sean did. They don't. They're not there yet. They're great, but come on. I thought this was, and I don't think this is hyperbole. I don't think it's overstating. I think it's one of the top five worst segments in AEW Dynamite history. It was awful. In terms of how it was executed. Um, Like we all said, there was great opportunity for something special to happen here they didn't even like go the extra effort to be like oh okay we got a counselor over here it's just one of their announcers one of their backstage people what's that gonna fucking do is she trained in that type of conflict resolution I mean if she is great but probably not at least say it in storyline like say something make it because what's the point the second you see a backstage interviewer handling this, it goes from family therapy to a promo segment, and you're already taken out of it. There's, there should have been a new face, even if it's just for a night, pay somebody to say that they are a counselor for conflict resolution. Maybe that would have helped the segment a little bit. Probably not. Because, like I said, it was ass backwards. You got the faces acting like heels and the heels acting like faces. Could have got Dr. Stevie. Sure he's not under That'd have been great. Uh, WWE, so they probably could have. So, I, I just... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just didn't thought it was complete waste of airtime, complete miss. Uh, it had potential to do something good that was silly. Instead, it it, it was a pop. 
on fire. All right, let's move it along. Brian Danielson defeated Brian Cage. It was a battle of the Bryans, uh, and Brian Danielson won this one. And uh, but I thought it was a good showing for Brian Cage, whose contract comes up soon in AEW and Ring of Honor. Um, the backstage promo cut by Danielson after after the match and landing and knowing that we're stopping from wrestling. I thought that was I thought that was really good. Uh, McCarthy, what do you thought? Oh, this was a banger all day, every day. Like, and I'm sorry if Tony Khan lets him slip away. Now, if if Brian Cage wants to leave then that's fine. But if Tony Khan does not do everything in his damn power to make sure he stays, there's a problem. Because we've said it on this show before. What is the biggest weakness as far as Tony Khan's booking? Big man. Has no idea how to book him. No idea. Maybe he could call somebody. Not like WWE somebody, but like, even tell, call Jake Roberts. How should I book these people? He made a career of feuding with The Undertaker. If anybody on that roster can fix the way big people are booked, it's Jake the Snake fucking Roberts. Like, what are we doing? It, I just don't understand. This is the best Cage has looked in a long time. Has he had good matches? Sure. And yes, Danielson has something to do with how good he looked. But there was something different about Brian Cage on the mat today. I can't quite put my finger on it. Was he more motivated because his contract's almost coming up and he wants to see where the money's going to be coming from? And like, who's going to pay him more? Or is it we haven't gotten the chance to see him enough to see how much better he's gotten in a year? Because he was never bad. He's always been talented as shit. But somewhere along the way, Tony Khan looks at the big dude, and he's like, all right, you get to wrestle for two weeks, and then four months, you're going to go sit at home. Is that, in the grand scheme of things of your body, that's not terrible? But this is pro wrestling. You can't be gone that long. I mean, where the fuck is Lance Archer? When was the last time he was on TV? Like, th- this is becoming a whole thing for me. Like, it's the, the one thing that drives me bananas about Tony Khan. I mean, even big... Look, I've only been sounding the alarm on this thing for a while, just letting I mean, you know. I agreed with you on the big guys. Well, it's it's just a lack of, of, of consistency. Well, you know, again, it's because you can look at other guys. You, you can look at Arn and Brock Anderson. Where are they? Why aren't they on some sort of division? They're not even on Dark and now the Beijing mode. Oh, shit. Speaking of Dark, like, I'm sorry just... to interrupt you, but... 29 minutes ago, Dark started, and our good pal Fulton is going to be on Dark again. So look out for that, folks. I mean, it'll be the day after when you hear this, but Madman Fulton once again gracing the AEW YouTube screen. All right for him. Sorry to interrupt you, ADD, and, well, it's Fulton, so I had to. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Glad I to jog that memory. Any thoughts on this match, Mr. Trevor? Nope. I have the same All feeling right. as both of you. Appreciate you. Uh, Ruby Soho defeated Tony Storm. Um, Ruby Soho is in an odd place of what what action she's going to pick between AEW original and and the WWE used to be, even though she's a WWE used to be. Um, 
McCarthy, thoughts on this? I thought it was a really good match. I, I like where they're going, and I like this feud. I don't think this feud would matter if they would have done it with the men. I think it means more when it's the women because they're still scratching and clawing for TV time. They have been getting more TV time lately. But, like, this is, like, a sense of direction. The only direction that the women have right now in the past six months has really been the championship. Only so many women can wrestle for the title at one time. I think that this gives everybody a damn direction. And that's what the women's division has been missing. There is no direction except for a handful of people. Now this brings people in because even Ruby Soho had no direction. This at least gives her something to do. I don't know who she should join. I mean, technically, probably the WWE group, but Soho got kind of like fired and everything else, so maybe not. I don't know. But I, I, I just appreciate that there's a direction in the women's division right now. That speaks volumes to the work that they have been putting in for like three and a half years at this point. It shouldn't have taken this long to have the whole division involved in something, but you only got three hours of TV a week. What are you going to do? Yeah, um, I, I did. I, I agree with you 100% that the, there's a full direction finally for all the women on this roster. It feels like it's going to be kind of a um, an inner roster feud, and I think that's cool because there is so many WWE, former former WWE stars that are on AEW roster. You would be foolish not to play off of that, especially in a roster that's like it is. Like... So I, I think this is this is Tony's best idea for the women. And I, I think it's a good callback back to the WWE when they bought WCW. There were a lot of... Now, I don't know, because I don't know people in the big, giant companies, but there were a lot of, oh, WCW, big fish, small pond. Well, they can turn that around and do that again now, and it works because it's different people, different show, different circumstances. It's really... I think this it could be the defining feud for this division and really put it on the map. You agree because it gets it like it gets it away from being the Britt Baker and Prince show. We have to start making other stars that aren't Britt Baker. Like no disrespect to Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and she's coming under her own and and like Soraya Page is a star in her own. Uh, but we got to get away from the people we know. Who do we not know? Which is 80% of the women on that roster. And there's a lot of talent there. And let's tap into it or cut bait on who we don't have. You don't know what someone's got until you give them the shot. You, you have no idea. And so I'm so glad to see this having some sort of limit finally because the women's roster in AEW especially has been needing this for uh, in the words of Billy Joel, for the longest time, uh, that's a classic hit, by the way. And I, I am, I'm just so glad, like, this is Tony Khan's best idea. If he's going this full-fledged, a la WCW, WWE route post, uh, the, w, the WCW buyout, this is his best idea for the women ever. And uh, because it gets the 
the whole roster involved. It's an organic and somewhat believable story because there would be some envy of, oh, they, they cut you loose or they wouldn't clear you or, and you're going to come over here and take our spotlight. Like naturally, there's some friendly, friendly, let's call it friendly cooperation in, in, in the in the wrestling business. Uh, Napper, the NASCAR fan, you'll know that's DWism. He calls it cooperation during the speedways. Um, <laughs> But that's that's very natural to to sit and like yeah it's great they're coming over to our team, but also I've been on our team. Why are they the starting quarterback now? And so yeah, I, I think this is this is great. This is wonderful. I can't wait to see where it goes. Please have a plan. Please follow it up. Please stick to it because as you said, McCarthy, it could be the defining moment. It could be the give gives a chance moment for AEW Dynamite and I, and Rampage. It, this could be a magnificent moment of huge multitude if done right. All right. Finally, we're going to talk about it. Uh, Mark Briscoe made his AEW debut, defeating Jay Lethal in a what was really a tribute match to the late, great Jay Briscoe. Uh, Napper, I know you got thoughts on this one. We all do. This was beautiful. It was horrible in terms of these circumstances. But I can't put into enough words how special this was. Uh, Napper, you get us started. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got the shirt. So that was... I... I wish I had known they were going to put on another shirt that all the proceeds were going to, but I would have bought that shirt instead. But I uh, I got this shirt instead. Might buy that one, that one too if they're still going to sell it. Oh, yeah, I'll buy that one. Uh, but, yeah. Hopefully, they're, hopefully they sell it for a little while so I can buy it. But, um, yeah, this match was special. It was very special. Um, I feel so bad for not just Mark, but Lee. Lethal, I, you could tell he was having a really rough time at certain points of this match. Uh, you know, you're quickly reminded of the celebration of life for Brody Lee and uh, how that entire thing went and just how guys and gals had to get through matches. It really felt like that. Um it was a really great match. It really was. I thought they did a really good job of highlighting some of the best things that made Briscoes the Briscoes. And Mark put on a show. Mark put on an absolute show for his brother. Um, they tore the house down. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I give Mark Briscoe all the credit in the world because that man gave every bit of entertainment bone he has in his ever-loving body. Didn't look like anything was bothering him. Didn't look like there was any other emotion in his body except excitement and joy until the very end. And he gave it all out for that crowd and for Jay. Uh, I, I was very, very proud and happy to watch this match because it was an absolute testament to Jay Briscoe. They totally freaking house down and I, I loved every minute of it i can't wait till that tribute show gets put out so you can see 
even more incredible work. But if that was the only tribute they ever did to Jay Briscoe, I think even that would have been enough. Because it was just, it was really that powerful of a moment. Uh, nothing you said there I can disagree with. Mr. McCarthy, uh, what were your thoughts on the very powerful uh, main event of last week's I AEW mean, Dynamite? Honestly, banger, 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 banger. Those two went out there and showed the love that they had for Jay Briscoe. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. Where else but pro wrestling in a span of, what, 20 minutes can you get goosebumps, laugh a little bit, cry, cry again, and hear a commentator, oh, this is how he would have wanted it when he's flying off a top rope through a table to the outside. The main event of Dynamite was absolutely everything that we love about this sport. Plain and simple. Everything. It had everything. And yes, a lot of the emotion was because of tragedy. But damn it, it had everything. Jay Lethal held it together till he got up that ramp. He lost it. Daniel Bryan was losing it. They all were. And I have a ton of respect for the entrance camera guy. Because he did not sit on their faces when they were crying like some camera people and producers did to the Bengals' defensive player on Sunday. That was dirty as shit. You already knew he was upset. You knew he was going to cry, and they kept going back to it. That was dirty. Whoever was running that production, that was dirty. Dirty. Show one thing of emotion. It's all right. But to keep going back to it three, four times, that's egregious. So hats off to the camera people. The, to the lone camera guy with the you know, whole contraption on him, if you've ever been to a dyna, uh, an AEW show, you know what I'm talking about, to continue panning the camera and getting everyone up close instead of, oh, Daniel Bryan and Jay Lethal are standing right next to each other and they're bawling their eyes out. Let's, let's zoom in and really embarrass the shit out of them, even though because of the situation they wouldn't have. But that shows class. Class was not shown to that Bengal who... In the grand scheme of things, Mark lost his brother. The Bengal kind of cost him the game. Not really the same thing, but it is in their lives. And to to do that to him multiple times, I thought that was dirty as shit. Dirty as shit. And I've been waiting a week to say it. Well, not a week, two days to say it. Hey, buddy, I don't hear you. Is your mic on? I don't hear me. Hey, hey, looky there. I muted. Looky there. Hey. Hey there. Hey. Hey. I agree with both you gentlemen. Uh, everything you had to say in terms of the main event and how special it was. And the and you're right. McCarthy, there's only one thing that can bring you such joy and emotion and sadness and 
and that weird amount of violence also like there's there it's there's nothing like this business this sport whatever you want to call it there is nothing in the world like professional wrestling um if you get bit by the bug by it you understand what i'm saying those who don't get it aren't ever going to get it um there's nothing quite like it there's nothing that compares there's it just it's so special it's so barbaric it's so archaic it's so new it's so everything all at once um and i'm proud to be a fan i'm proud to to have a big toe in the sport i should say because uh you know, I, I'm, we're all just kind of on the outskirts of the sport at the moment. Hopefully, someday we're we're bigger into it. We'll see what happens. We'll see what what what, what where our respective passions take us. But I'll always be a fan of this sport first and foremost. And uh, this was special. It, uh, like you said, McCarthy, it was special in the name of tragedy, and that always stinks, truly. But. Hats off to Mark and and Bailey Ethel and and all of AEW and Tony Khan for fighting fighting to make this happen. He shouldn't have had to fight to make this happen, but he did, and he made sure it happened. And so my hat to him. Think, um, I don't know if you guys saw. Apparently, Tony Khan got a private plane for all of his talent that were going to the funeral. So like even that, and and I'm sure Vince That's, has done the same thing. So I'm not trying to be like, oh, Tony Khan's such a great guy. I just think yeah. it's something that would get lost along the wayside. So I thought it was important to mention that like not every big time like boss that has yeah. to be is willing to do that kind of thing. Like I don't see an NFL owner doing that. Maybe the Bills owner, if the worst would have happened with Demar Hamlin, maybe. But I I don't I don't see that happening in a lot of pro sports where. You go ahead and get your talent where they need to be. I, I know Vince has done it. I know he has. Look, I think that for all our picadillos about Tony Khan's booking, he's a class guy, and he, he continues to prove that. Uh, you know, he's a little strange. He's a little different. He's a bit of an enigma. Uh, but overall, class. And... With that, uh, let's we're we're hitting the home stretch here of the show. Uh, All right, graphics on. All right. Let's run those ropes. <clears throat> Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. I already did that yesterday. All right. Well, good for you. What a crime. <laughs> Don't even stick with plans to run Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns as the main event elimination chamber, according to the Wrestling Observer. Uh, Dave Meltzer reports has been the plan since October or November. We've talked about it a lot throughout the show, but I wanted to get your boys thoughts one more time. Right call. I'll start with you, Hot Wheels. I think so. How about you, Mr. McCarthy? Yeah, I think if Sammy's not going to beat him for the title, this is the way to go. All right. Uh, next, 
Meltzer also noted Brock Lesnar isn't scheduled to work the U.S. title chamber match at this point, but he is supposed to be on the show. Where do you think he fit Brock Lesnar into the Elimination Chamber uh, event? Does he just cost Bobby Lashley a la Shawn Michaels Undertaker about a decade and a half ago? Hot Wheel? I, I would think so. What say you, Mr. McCarthy? I think so too, but then you don't get Gunther and Lesnar at WrestleMania. I want to see that more. Not that I wouldn't mind seeing Lesnar and Lashley again, but I really want to see Gunther and Lesnar. I really, really, really do. Really, I do too. I agree, but unfortunately, it doesn't feel like we're getting there. Maybe they should just do the match to Chamber and use the rest to do Mania. I don't know. Um. Triple H essentially confirmed we're not getting the Rocket Mania. If you watch the post uh, Royal Rumble press conference, uh, he talked about his busy schedule and just he doesn't think it's in the cards. Um, thoughts on the Rock probably not being a WrestleMania, certainly not wrestling. Uh, Mr. McCarthy. I mean, I wish I could say I was surprised, but I'm not. He's a busy yep. man. I know he has in his contracts with certain, maybe not when he's, when his production company is making the movie or series or whatever, it's probably okay for him to wrestle if he wants to. But I do know ever since he got hurt wrestling Cena, that a lot of studios put in his contract that you are not allowed to step in that ring. Not happening. You are not putting production back on our movie for 20 minutes in a ring. But he's also busy, so I'm not surprised. I, did I want to see The Rock? Sure. It would have been fun. I think we're going to get a better match when it's Cody and Roman, and I'll take that any day. You see The Rock versus Roman some point down the line if he's ever available. The problem is it just feels like he's never available. Uh, so we, as wrestling fans, we need to root for some Rock movies to bomb so he's not as uh, in, in high demand. Mr. Napper, any thoughts on this? I, I'm, I'm with McCarthy. I'm not really surprised, but at the same time, oh, well. Um, do they need him? Not really. Would it, would it be nice to have him? Absolutely. Same thing with the Rumble. Did they need him to show up at the Rumble? Sure. I mean, no, they didn't need him to. Would it have been cool? Sure. Would it have taken away from basically everything that they did at the Rumble? Most likely. They're fine as they are. Like, as much as I want to see him too, this isn't one of those years where they really need him. Like, they have done such a good job, I think, over the course of the last years, last six months of building up so many different storylines. It's like, yeah, it'd be cool to have him, but we don't need him. Well, We'll see if and when we ever get uh, uh, The Rock in some sort of uh, major role at WrestleMania again or any other pay-per-view for that matter. Uh, looking forward to that day if it comes. Uh, Kevin Nash turned down being a part of Raw 30 because he said he didn't want condolences from a bunch of people he didn't know over the death of his son. Uh, I got to tell you, I thought Kevin made the wrong call in terms of not coming. You could have, because he, he didn't, you said that watching the show, he didn't think he'd be like, he didn't, he didn't make it like I'd be used. But I think you could have done a, a, a few things that were, were cool. You could have um, you could have had a click moment in honor of Scott Hall, or you could have had an NWO moment 
in honor of Scott Hall with Hogan and, and uh, X-Pac. So, but I also understand that, that where Kevin's coming from in terms of he didn't want condolences over his kid all day long. I get that. Uh, he even said, if you see me this time, please don't say sorry about my kid. I would hope that you're sorry about my kid. I already know. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, I just thought that was, that was worth noting. Uh, and then lastly, WWE would prefer Cena versus Theory over Cena versus Logan Paul because Logan Paul needs a lot of practice that Cena doesn't have time for. Mr. McCarthy, what do you make of that? I think that's spot on the right decision. John Cena does not have time for all that bullshit. He doesn't. He needs to get in the ring with somebody that is seasoned and knows what they're doing in case something goes wrong. And I don't mean like Cena getting hurt, but I mean like he's been out of the ring for a while. Yeah, he got in the ring at the end of the month, last month, but... I mean, you need somebody to help facilitate John Cena at this point in his career because he's making so many moves. He's always busy. He's not able to come in and train like a wrestler trains. Sure, he can lift weights all day. We've talked about it before. That's not the same thing as training for wrestling. So he's going to have to focus on that himself. He can't spend time coaching up Logan Paul, too. It's, it's, and to be honest, Cena probably could. He probably would, but God damn it, he shouldn't have to. Uh, yeah, I think that if, if we're ever going to see Cena versus Logan Paul, I don't have a burning desire for it, but like at this point, Logan Paul is a part of the WWE picture. We have to factor him in. I think if you're going to have it, do it in a year or two uh, where, where Logan Paul is more experienced and could get and could probably get by on his own without a whole lot of practice in terms of working with Cena. Any thoughts on that, Napper? I, I agree with McCarthy. I think that that's the right call. And, you know, that's why I said there's a story there and they've been building that story with theory with even just subtle little things that he said in his promos, like the ruthless aggression that he said last night. Um, a couple of other times he's mentioned about it being his time. Like you've clearly been setting up for it. I can't imagine you just throwing that all away for Logan Paul. No disrespect to Logan Paul, but I think it would be a waste to throw it away for there. And again, it goes back to that comment with Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. No disrespect to Cena, even. But if I want Logan Paul to look really good in the ring, I'm putting him in there with Seth Rollins. I'm not putting him in there with Cena. Cena is the guy you put in there with somebody you want to get over as a as a force in the ring. But not in the way that you want to get Logan Paul over. Yeah, it would get him over as a heel, but it, other than that, I, I'm putting Seth in there for his ring work. I'm putting Cena in there for his work as a character. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We'll, we'll see if um, Cena is available and able to make a match happen. I know that he's in Australia for the next several weeks. Uh, he just started production on a movie in Australia, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can balance all that on top of Mania as we quickly approach the showcase of the Immortals. Um, so, so I feel like I feel like Cena is probably going to wrestle at Mania, but I feel like it's going to be a lot of whoever he feuds with, whether it's Theory, whether it's Paul, whether it's somebody else, is going to have to carry that load pretty much on their own 
because of his Hollywood schedule. I, I don't know that, of course, but we'll see what happens. All right, well, it's about time to get out of here, but as we know, we began this year playing a little bragging rights game as far as our picks go, and it's already time for that next premium live event, this time of the NXT variety. NXT Vengeance Day is this Saturday night, live from what used to be known as Flair Country in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Spectrum Center. So with that, let's get it underway. Uh, one more time, let's get a score update, Mr. McCarthy, before we start. All right, so currently, Logan, you are in the lead with nine. Travis is Open in the second there. place with seven. And I'm rounding out third with six. All right. So I had to pick a guy so, who wasn't even in the running. So fantastic. All right, I'm – look, hopefully the second verse is the same as first, but let's get it started. All right, Katana Chance and Caden Carter, they're defending their NXT women's Tag Team Championships against Fallon Henley and Keanu James. Who you got, Mr. McCarthy? Uh, Chance and Carter. Who you got, Mr. Napper? I also got Chance, Chance and Carter as well, so let's call that one chop. Apollo Crews versus Kamala Hayes. Of course, you'll have Trick Williams with him. In a two out of three falls match, who do you got, Mr. Napper? I got Crews. Who do you got, Mr. McCarthy? I also have Apollo Crews. Look, I'm going to go ahead and take Carmelo Hayes on this one. Uh, we'll see what happens on that one. It's that, That's a 50-50. I like that matchup because I don't know which way it's going. But I'll take Hayes. Uh, the New Day are going to defend their, their tag team championships in a fatal four-way tag team match. Uh, the fourth team is yet to be determined. So, again, it's the New Day versus Gallus versus Pretty Deadly and, and another winner of the Triple Threat yet to be determined. Uh, I'm still going to go New Day, no matter who it is. What say you, Mr. McCarthy? I'm going to go with Pretty Deadly. What say you, Mr. Napper? Looks like we're all going to be different. I'm going Gallus. All right. Uh, I just think that they don't have any other plans for New Day right now, and you can stick them down there for another month or two. Uh, we'll see what happens. Wesley versus Dijak for the NXT North American Championship. I have Dijak. How about you, Mr. Napper? Same. How about you, McCarthy? Same. All right. Roxanne Perez is going to defend her women's championship against Gigi Dillon and JC Jane in a triple threat match. I still have Roxanne Perez. What, what about you, McCarthy? Yeah, I got Perez too, buddy. What about you, Napper? <sighs> yeah, I'll go same. All right, and finally, to bring it home to end the show, Braun Breaker is going to defend that NXT championship that he's held for a month of Sundays now against Grayson Warren in a steel cage match. What about you, Mr. Napper? Well, what about you, Mr. McCarthy? I'm going Braun Breaker. I'm going to go Braun Breaker as well. We'll see what happens, and uh, we will update you next Tuesday on the, uh, the score to settle the score, essentially as we do it all year long with every premium live event, with every pay-per-view we can come across, and some serious bragging rights. None of, look, none of the three of us invented bragging, but we certainly have perfected it. So with that, we're about ready to close this thing out. Do you have any final words, Mr. McCarthy, any final plugs, any final anything whatsoever? You go ahead, my good man. Oh, yeah, just don't forget to visit W.com for some non-jittery, energy drink 
tastiness. Amazing flavors. I mean, there's, there's, what is it, monkey business? It's strawberry and banana, people. Who doesn't love strawberry and banana? Go to W.com. Use that code BRUISERNATION, that's B-R-U-Z-E-R-N-A-T-I-O-N, for 10% off, and you got to try. Got to try that strawberry banana. It's fantastic. And I know here in a couple weeks, we're going to have an official uh, taste test at the uh, the McCarthy Manor. Yes, we are. Probably be bouncing off the walls. Uh, but yeah, that might be the wildest two turnbuckle we've ever had. Napper and I might fight with baby oil. We might, um, we might need to go to Yamo Media Studios for that one. All yeah. right, uh, look out, look out, Adam Dell, our, our our forever teacher. It might get, it might get buck wild, as they say. Uh, Napper, any final words before we bid farewell? I might have to take next week off now. Well, I don't know if it'll be next week, but, but it might be a couple weeks from now. Whatever week that is. All right. I'm I'm running. Don't you? Hey, Logan. Hey, hey, Logan. Logan. Yeah. Logan, I'm down in Tower. All right. Best secret. That would... All right. I'll, I'll text you privately. Maybe, God, but you can't be like that. bouncing out of the show just because the energy drinks you, girl. Yeah. Especially when they're sponsoring you. I mean, what kind of an individual? I mean, I'm not I'm not necessarily a bouncer for that, but the mention of baby oil is a little oh, bit concerning. First of all, Big Dig Johnson made a career. Big Dig Johnson made a career. Well, I'm not him, so. That's because you don't believe, out sir. Of what... I don't. <laughs> So with that, I don't revel in what I am. hey Well, with that, this has been another lovely edition of To the Turnbuckle, a Snapmare and Bruger Nation production. And uh, with that, we hope you are well. We'll see you next Tuesday for episode three. And until then, we'll see you in the ring. Ding, ding.